Hi, this is Chris Thorburn, and you're listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. All right, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zorowski here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by recently retired Stanley Cup champion Chris Thorburn. Chris, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Frank. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. So you played in Atlanta for four seasons and with the Jets for an additional six. You were also part of the transition to Winnipeg. How does a team go about the transition that is relocation, and how did it impact you? Uh, well, uh, for me, it was just uh, it was a, it was a process as far as figuring out exactly if we were the team because it was between us and uh, Phoenix at the time or Arizona. So uh, it, it was throughout the year we didn't get uh, any clarity, and then um, you know it was going into the fall and then in, or into the spring and then into the summer, and then uh, we were the team elected to uh, relocate. Um, it, it was tough. I, I'd be lying if I, if I said it wasn't, but. Uh, uh, going from Atlanta, a place that we uh, had our first boy, uh, he was born there, and then uh, kind of putting down some roots, and then uh, having to pack up and uh, head to uh, Winnipeg. It was it was tough at times, but once we got to uh, to Winnipeg and you know learned about the city and, and met the people and created the relationships and the organization was uh, was top notch. So once we got there, got our feet on the ground, uh, it was a great experience in itself. Absolutely. So you played alongside former Chicago Blackhawk defenseman Dustin Bufflin during your time with the Thrashers and the Jets organizations. What was he like to play with, and how does he create energy that the rest of the team can feed off of? Uh, yeah, Buff, uh, Buff's is a special person. He's, uh, he's a special uh, athlete, um, and he was just a great friend. Uh, we, we, got, uh, we became uh, really close from the time he came. and Actually, we got a lot of your Chicago Blackhawks. We had Benny Eager, uh, Andrew Ladd, Absolutely. So how did the additional Chicago Blackhawk champions coming into Atlanta, what did that do for the locker room environment in the Thrashers organization? Well, it was awesome, man, because not only were they Stanley Cup champions, but they were awesome guys. You know, and usually when, you know, you get a handful of, a handful of guys that come from one place, or not even a handful, a couple, they'll, they'll kind of stick to each other, you know, because um, that's their company. Yeah. But these, these guys reached out, they, uh, you know, they separated themselves, they became friends, you know, with everybody on the team, and we enjoyed having them, having their leadership, but not only that, their, their, their friendship and, uh, and teammates. You know, a guy like Ben Eager, he's an absolute warrior. So to have him on your line or, or in your lineup uh, was just a comforting feeling. Yeah, definitely. We talked with Ben Eager a while ago, so definitely one we're going to be looking out for to air for the Tomahawk Roundup community. During your final professional season, you spent most of your time with the now former San Antonio Rampage. For our listeners not from the Texas region, what was San Antonio like and what will you take away from it? Um, as, a, as a teammate and they made 
made it so much easier for me as well as the coaching staff and, and the older players on that team. The captain was Chris Butler, who's, uh, you know, uh, a Saint, uh, he's from St. Louis. Yeah. And then a guy like uh, Jordan Nolan, you know, so they uh, they brought me in. They, uh, they treated me great. And uh, as hard, like I said, as hard as it was, as far as, uh, you know, the move, uh, the experience was uh, was great. Absolutely. So you are an amazing advocate for the autism community. Tell that. Tell us how that started for you and about your charitable goals for the past, present, and future. Yeah. So our son uh, Bennett, he was diagnosed when he was three. Uh, we had him diagnosed in Winnipeg, um, and it, it was tough to kind of grasp and uh, wrap our heads around because uh, we were new parents. He was our first uh, child, so um, there's some things that we noticed uh, at an early age that just. Uh, it didn't seem right. Now, I've had brothers and sisters, and I've been an older cousin, so, you know, I've been around babies, and there's just some things that just weren't weren't adding up. So, uh, we had some meetings, and it wasn't until we got to Winnipeg that we actually had him diagnosed, and then from there, um, you know, the, the, the help and the outreach that we've received from people and support has been phenomenal in every city that we've been in along the way, as well as family members. So, uh, for us now, it's just a matter of, you know, uh, just advocating for Bennett, you know, um, some things... Uh, doesn't understand or can't uh, he can't use uh, his words to explain so to have people like that to kind of help him out uh, you know us being his parents which is the most important um, giving him that support that confidence that he can do some uh, do some special things and uh, just spreading awareness uh, we've gotten uh, you know we've created relationships with the organization in Winnipeg and then also with one in St. Louis and it's just a matter of uh, you know being around people that share some of the similar experiences and, and frustrations and tough times that you're going through because it's like a support group. You don't always get that uh, with just the family members that you talk to. So to talk to people that kind of know exactly where you're coming from, there's some comforting uh, things in that. Absolutely. I completely understand knowing people who are on the spectrum. You know, I can only imagine the difficulties they're going through, and we always, we always want to empower those who face challenges. And what you're doing is fabulous. Tell us about the, the $20,000 you raised for the special education department. I really want to highlight that. Yeah, so my wife had an idea of, uh, I guess, using the, our platform uh, to try and uh, create money for a good cause. And um, the school that my son attended in St. Louis, it was an inner city school, so they struggled with funding, and especially in the special education department specifically. So uh, obviously Bennett having autism and being part of that program, uh, we thought um, it'd be a great idea uh, to try and help raise some money just for simple things like school supplies and uh, paper and crayons and, and some tools that can help the teacher uh, keep the kids focused and dialed in throughout the course of the day because uh, um, I don't know if you know, but it, it, it's tough to keep yeah, your attention. Absolutely. So, so they got they got uh, special chairs or balls or just, just different therapy things that they can use to keep the, uh, the kids engaged and uh, the generous people in St. Louis and what we learned through our short time there is people are very generous in that area and uh, we had a, a few teammates I, I asked a handful of teammates but at the same time if I asked every teammate they would all want to be a part of it um, so I thank them for that and making that possible and raising $20,000 for a classroom that for years down the road will have uh, funding uh, if they need something that they see fit that will uh, help kids down the road so we were uh, we were proud of that and being able to do that and uh, everyone was uh, super thankful but it wasn't only us a lot of people went into that and uh, we definitely appreciated everyone's uh, help and input and support 
Absolutely, you know, just that's that's a huge, so big thank you to you for the special education donation, and yeah, it's a huge deal because a lot of people don't notice some things like that when they need funding, so that's that's a huge deal, and we want to encourage our listeners to be inspired by your story and do similar charitable outreach things. Yeah. Absolutely. So what was the Gloria run like being a part of the Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues going from worst to first in little under a season? Yeah, well, see, I can't speak much to that because I, I wasn't there for the hard times. Um, uh, I, I knew a lot of the players in that dressing room. I know it was a special group, but at the same time, I can't speak on uh, to what they did to get out of that because I, I showed up two weeks uh, left in the season when the times were great. You know, heading into the playoffs. Absolutely, um, no. So, um, but I can attest to the leadership group in, in that in that locker room and, and the players and the talent that they had. They just needed time. Like I said from the start, like they had the pieces. It's just a matter of figuring it all out, and uh, they did. And um, I don't know what uh, what meetings went on or took place, but at the same time, they uh, they took it within themselves or upon themselves, and they uh, they did something that I don't know will ever be done again. Yeah, and I, I don't know how they did it, but being a part of the good times, you know, you, you kind of saw the upper half of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, was, I was around for the good parts, man. The yeah. good parts were great, I'll tell you what. Um, there, there's memories there that I'll never forget what I was a part of and how that team took me in and uh, made me feel a part. Uh, it was just, it was amazing. Man. Yeah, so you recently announced your retirement from professional hockey. Um, what is life going to be like for you after your playing days are over? Uh, well, I, I want to stay in hockey at some capacity. Um, like I said, in San Antonio, I took a lot of pride and I, I enjoyed mentoring the, the young kids. Uh, I, I really like doing that. Um, and, I, and throughout my career, I've been through a lot of like, being traded, put on waivers, relocating. I mean, and that's the stuff hockey you know hockey specific and there's other stuff that i've dealt with away from the ring so i think i got uh, you know i don't have a phd in anything but i do have a P- like i'd like to think i have a lot of experience like life experiences that i can help you know these kids with um so like some of that capacity i think right now as far as the coaching and my wife has brought it up but i think the kids are too young still to uh, get into coaching because the coaching is a, an even bigger commitment than a player yeah so um something in the in, in, along the lines of uh you know, helping the kids out, whether it's player development or something like that, that, that would be something that I'm really uh, enthused about. Absolutely. So before we head out, Chris, anything else you want to add for our listeners around the U.S., Canada, and beyond? No, just stay safe, stay healthy, and, uh, and be smart. I mean, it's a tough times right now. We're all going through it. Um, but at the same time, just try and find fun in every day. Uh, enjoy every day and appreciate every day because, uh, I don't know, we don't know where we're going or where we're headed, but... Hopefully this is all over soon and we get back to some normality. Absolutely. Chris Storburn, thank you so much for the time. All right, Frankie. Thank you much, man.